You are listening to Scattered by Anchored Baptist Church, where we are working to reflect the diversity of Amanus as we gather to hear good news and as we scatter to share it. Um, I don't know if all of you here, or if any of you, no, I know some of you, um, have worked for a day's labor before, right? For like a day's wages. Um, I have, although not in the South African context. And there have been times where, you know, as soon as you're working for that person, uh, they are going to be a cheapskate. You know that whatever they say is a generous gift probably is not going to be a generous gift to you. It probably means they're going to pay you, you know, like half of what you deserve. But, you know, you do the work anyway. You try to do it with a smile on your face, even if the pill is really bitter to swallow. And then there have been times where I've done hourly work or daily work, and I knew that that person was actually generous, and they were going to overpay me for the work. And so then... I don't know about you in that situation, but here's what I always tried to do. I always tried to do more work than what they asked me to do because I would love to go back and help that person. I remember one day, I had just got done working at the bakery, so I'd been up at like 1 o'clock in the morning. As I'm driving home, there's this older man. uh, I would say he was probably in his mid-70s. And here he is. There was a tree that had fallen down, and he was cutting it up with his chainsaw, and then trying to roll the tree in segments into his truck. No offense, but he was not young enough to be doing this task. And so I pulled over, I helped him, and what did he say? Hey, come to my house, and I've got more work for you to do later. Great! So a couple weeks later, he called me, and I went to his house. And it was just that. And he paid me well. He paid me too much for the hours that I came and worked for him. But... It was good conversation. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, From the beginning of our parable this morning, we know a couple of things. We know something from the story that I've just told too. Um, For instance, what kind of story is it? Is it a story of, of grace and of good news? Or is it a story of law and judgment? Well, it's a little bit of both, but let's work off of what Jesus is saying to us right at the beginning of this text. What are we dealing with? We're dealing with wages, hours, and employment. Is that gospel, folks? No, we're dealing with the law in this circumstance. And you know this if you have had the experience of a day laborer, or at least from the illustration above. Or, maybe, you have employed someone for a day's labor, and you have either been that employer who is working to be as generous as you can within your budget, or you've been that employer who ignorantly or purposefully has sinfully tried to hold back pay. Whichever person you are in this story, uh, I want you to know that this conversation that we're having is firmly inside of the law, I think. 
To be more specific, Jesus is going to tell a story that messes about with his disciples' expectations. He will place us under the law, free us with his gracious gift of mercy and forgiveness, which can only happen outside of the law, otherwise known as the gospel. But then, like last week, and it will help us to understand our parable from last week a little bit better, we're going to end off in judgment. The other thing that Peter emphasized at the beginning of his reading, as he should, and what I need us to hear very clearly, is that for the kingdom is like. Now, when we say that something is like something else, it also means this, that the kingdom is not this thing but it is like this thing. So, in some ways, the kingdom is like this story about the vineyard owner and the workers that go into the vineyard. And in other ways, the kingdom is not like that. And we need to sort out which is which. How is it like that? And how is it not like that? And so here's our big idea. And then we're going to go back down through the text. And yes... I, don't, I didn't even know if chooser was a word, okay? But the computer did not correct my usage of the word chooser. So I think chooser is a real word, and we're going to use it this morning, all right? Because Jesus is a good chooser, any and all kinds of people are forgiven and welcomed into new life, even you. Because Jesus is a good chooser, any and all kinds of people are forgiven and welcomed into new life, even you. This parable, too, is a response to a problem that we were faced with in our last parable, where Jesus was responding to Peter. Peter's fear, even though he was a forgiven person, who knew that he had been given the keys, he had been given the authority to forgive in the name of Jesus, which as we're reading the book of Acts as a a family right now, he's doing it freely. He's going out there and doing it. He learned his lesson. Uh, The fear that Peter had was, and that we all have actually, and especially those that preach and teach, what if I start forgiving the wrong people? What are they going to do with that forgiveness? What if I forgive them and they go back out and sin? Now, Jesus is going to use this parable to address that this morning as well. And I think what we're also going to hear him doing is defining who the wrong person is. All right? All right, here we go. For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now, here's the deal. In your Bible, what does it say the title of this parable is? The laborers in the vineyard. You can scratch it out mentally or physically. I don't care. This is not about the laborers in the vineyard. Okay? This is about a good chooser. And Jesus is our good chooser today. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Okay, now, here's the deal. A denarius. What are we talking about? This would have been a good day's wage. 
All right? Here in South Africa, we have two things. We have a minimum wage, and then we have what people call a living wage. That's the kind of money that you actually need to be able to live, you know, in this modern world. All right? So a living wage. This is what a denarius would have been. And guaranteed, typically, yes, if you were a day laborer, you would have gone and said, a denarius, denarius, great, let's go. And then at the end of the day, the owner of the vineyard or wherever it is that you're working would have said, yeah, but you know, you ate some of the lunch that I had. You, um, you took an, I, I saw you take a break out there. You were taking siesta. No, 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 no. Uh, so it's not quite a, like a half denarius. That's what would always happen. And yet this man says a denarius. Agreed. This is good. What would this be here in South Africa? Well, they say for someone that works a day's labor that you just pick up somewhere, how much should you pay them for hour to make it a living wage? They say 50 rand an hour. So, here in our story, they are going to be working 12 hours. I don't do math, but my calculator did. <laughs> That's 600 rand for a day's work. All right? Are you with me? That's going to be really important when we get to the end of our story, so don't forget it. And going out about the third hour, he saw, the, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he, said, and, he, and he said, you, go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. All right, so right now, these people are having a lot of trust in this vineyard owner, in this master. I would say that this person is probably trustworthy or else there would not be people lined up outside of his walls to work that day. Going out again, about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. All right, so what are we talking about? Workday starting at 6 a.m. The second group was at 9 a.m., then at noon, then at 3 p.m. And let's see what happens next. And at about the 11th, at the 11th hour, so we're talking 5 p.m. now, all right, the bell, the whistle is going to blow at 6 p.m., and everyone's going to go home. <laughs> um, at the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, because no one's hired us. And he said to them, you, go into the vineyard too. All right. Now, let's see what this vineyard owner is doing. Let's just see what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is going out and he's expecting people that have heard the gospel, that have, let's, let's say, the 6 a.m. people, they have heard the promises about the Messiah. They've heard the pr promises and now the Messiah is standing in front of them, preaching good news to them, and they're too busy out there working to be able to hear it. The 9 a.m. crowd, they're like, yeah, sure, we'll come. The noon crowd, sure, we'll come. The 3 p.m. crowd, yeah, we'll come. The 11th hour crowd, well, yeah, Jesus, we, we heard you giving good news. We didn't know that was for us, though. That's for us. Ha, sure, we'll come on in. This is the kind of picture that Jesus is painting for us. Right now, 
I think we are firmly planted in the gospel, aren't we? I mean, let's, let's just let's put this into some kind of context that we can understand. Like these first people that came, that they showed up to work on time. They came knowing what they should and could earn in a day and willing to work for it. The next group, they showed up late for work, but they knew they had to work today and thought, well, okay, yeah, I'll go work. You say you'll pay me fair. Let's just see. At least I didn't have to put in 12 hours and I'll get something out of it. The next group's the same. And then the 11th hour people, they said, hold on, you're going to pay me to just what? Come and wipe down the tools at the end of the day? All right, sure. I'll do that. I, I literally have been lounging in the sun all day, sipping on the wine that we're about to produce from this vineyard. Sure, I'll come into work. Okay, seems good to me right now. Now, okay. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to the foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. All right. Now, I, I, I feel like since my dad was here, I feel like I can talk about him now. He's gone and I can tell stories about him again. This is definitely something my dad would do. Okay. This is exactly how he would pay people. He would, he would say, Okay, let's work for this amount. Agreed, agreed. And then he would feel bad about the amount and he would just see what all money he had laying around and he would just stuff the envelope with money and hand it to someone. It's just what he does. Does he do it because he's super rich? No, actually. Does he have a lot of self-preservation in mind? No, actually. It's just what he does. All right? It seems like that's what the vineyard owner's doing here. He's literally like um, going to the office manager and being like, hey, the pay envelopes, why don't you give those to me? And the office manager's like, okay, this again. All right, here you go. And he's just over there shoving the money in. <laughs> this will please them. They'll be surprised by this for sure. And he says, oh, and by the way, uh, call up the last people first. Do you see anything wrong with this? I mean, okay, 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 okay. Already, the workers that came at 9 a.m. and later should have been a little bit suspicious. He said, oh, yeah, yeah, just come work. I'll pay you whatever's right. <laughs> this is the day laborer's worst fear. The person that they are working for is going to determine what's right for them. That's not good, usually. Or, it's a day laborer's greatest hope when you find a good employer, right? And so here he is now, and he's saying, yeah, let's call the people that started work first, or last, let's call them first. So not only did they get there just in time to wipe up the tools, they, they barely got messy. They were in the afternoon sun as the sun was setting. They didn't have to deal with the heat of the day. And the owner's like, yeah, go ahead and call them first. They're nice and fresh. fresh. They should be able to get here fast. <laughs> All right. And so this is just what happened. And when those hired at about the 11th hour came, each of them received a denarius. A full day's good pay. These people just got 600 grand for showing up. And I'll tell you what, if I was in that last group, I'd look in that envelope 
and I would run as fast as I could. To them, showing up to work that late, probably to the bar. That's probably where they're going, but they're going to run. They're getting out of there before the vineyard owner realizes he's made a horrible mistake. What about the next group, though? I mean, they've put in a solid three hours, right? They open up their envelope and they say six, 600 rand. Are you kidding me? And they immediately turn around and they look at the queue behind them. Guys, guys, he just gave us 600 rand for working three hours. Now everyone in the queue behind them is like, okay, 600 plus 300. And so, and again, I don't do math, but my calculator does. And so those, those sixth hour people, they're like, okay, they got 600. I worked twice as long as them. That's 1,200 rand. That's two. I could live off of that for a week. The next group, 1,800 rand. I can't even believe this. And finally, those people that have been boiling in the sun all day, laboring to the bone, they're thinking, wow, I cannot believe I'm going to get 2,400 rand today. My day has just been made. This is, this is the greatest day's work I have ever had. Who knew that a harvest could have been this profitable for me? Now, when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more. But each of them also received a denarius. Oh. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house saying, Hey, whoa, 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 these, these, they, those people, they only worked one hour. And you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Now, Jesus uses a really funny word for friend here. Uh, I, you know, I don't usually go into these words because usually it's honestly not that important. Our translators do a pretty good job. But I think it's good that we understand this word friend a little bit. There's two other times this word friend is used. Um, one is when Jesus is telling the parable about the, the, the wedding celebration and the supper and everyone's getting the gowns to come into the meal, into the celebration. And the one guy, he gets there and he's got an invitation, but he doesn't have a gown. And the master of the house meets the guy at the door and says, friend. So, look, look, it's not a bad use of the word friend, but it's definitely not a friendly friend. <laughs> okay? It's kind of like saying, whoa, whoa, Jack. I don't know. What, you throw in whatever words. I, I, can't, I can't use certain words from up here, okay? So, let's just say it like this. Whoa, Jack, slow down. Where are you going? You ain't got the gown on. You're not coming in here. You're welcome in a lot of places. This just isn't one of them. And that's a parable of judgment. That's not good. The other time we see Jesus use this is when he's speaking to Judas. Judas betrays him. Jesus calls him friend. So what is Jesus saying about these, these workers here that have come to him? Whoa, Jack. Slow down. Slow down, slow down, slow down. Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. 
Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I chose to give this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So, the last will be first, and the first last. That verse 16 there, that's Jesus adding it in. That's not necessarily from the parable itself. All right, church, what are we dealing with here? It sounded like good news happening, right? Everyone was getting paid. The, the, the pay envelopes were full and everyone was equal. Everyone was getting exactly what they needed for that day. But here, Jesus takes a turn. Friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for this? Why don't you just go? Why don't you just take your money and leave? Look, there's all kinds of illustrations that we could pull out of this. The easiest thing that we should do, though, is we should just go back to the context in which Jesus is speaking. He's been over this very thing time and time again with the Pharisees and the scribes and all the law people. You have had all of the promises of God handed to you by the prophets whom you killed. You've had all the promises of God sitting right in front of you. You've known that the Messiah is coming and now I'm telling you, I'm standing right in front of you. And what? You're upset with me for for healing someone on the Sabbath? You're upset with me for proclaiming the Gospel to Gentiles, Samaritans, Syrophoenicians? To them, Jesus says, friend, friend, take your money and go. You have everything that you wanted. You've got the law. That'll save you, right? Everyone else that has come after that, well, they've gotten what they needed too. They've been welcomed in. Gotten full pay for a part day's work. (laughs) They didn't have all the benefits that you had, but here they are. They're with me now. You, on the other hand, you're putting yourself outside of me and my good graces. This last phrase that Jesus puts in there, and so... The last will be first, and the first last. Much like all the parables, Jesus is kind of putting icing on the cake. I've got too many metaphors going on. This is like salt in the wound. Okay, This is salt in the wound, or it's the sweetest phrase that you could hear. Which lovingly draws you into God's kingdom, where you can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's either that, or it's the salt in the wound. Where Peter, previously, had said, Lord, what if we give forgiveness to the wrong people? And Jesus is now saying, do you know who the wrong people are? It's the people that won't actually receive my my forgiveness. It's the people that won't accept that I'm the one that's come to get rid of all the bookkeeping. What was it in our parable last week? Jesus doesn't just cook the books like we've learned about primarily in Luke's Gospel. In Matthew's Gospel here, what does He do? He burns the books. 
He says there's no more ledgers. There is no more accounting. There's no more bookkeeping. And here and now, Jesus is saying, look, there's no more bookkeeping. If you want to keep book, if you want to go by the law, look, if the law could have saved you, Moses would have already done that for you. But it couldn't. We gave it a thousand years, a little bit more. It couldn't do the job. Instead, now I'm here for you. I'm here erasing all the books and we're starting over from scratch with one denarius a day. Take it or leave it. It's all you get. But it's enough. Now for Peter, he's learning his lesson. Last week, this was salt in the wound for him. Again, there's going to be a mix here, right? Where we hear this and we say, but, 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 hey, look, Jesus, look, Jesus, um, I get, I get the point. And yet, you know, there are some people out there that they're still going to take advantage of this. That first group, I'm pretty sure they're at the bar right now. <laughs> that first group, they're off living their wildest life now because they just got paid for doing nothing. And me, I'm going to go home and crash on into bed because I've, I've worked myself to death all day. And, and Jesus says to each of them, uh, yeah, good. The last will be first, and the first will be last. And so Jesus is encouraging His disciples to hear this, not as salt in the wound, but as the sweetest phrase that they could hear, which draws them into God's good graces, which draws them into God's kingdom where they know that they will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where forgiveness is graciously given, it's plentifully given to them. Because Jesus is a good chooser, any and all kinds of people are forgiven and welcomed into new life, even you. Anchored Baptist Church, um, each and every one of us you know, let, 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 let's take it back to uh, this, this word that everyone has a love-hate relationship with. Diversity. You know what each of you are bringing to the, the, the table here? A really diverse set of sins. God bless you. All of us are. Right? When we talk about diversity in the church, it's not just one kind of diversity. Diversity means all the kinds. <laughs> all the kinds. And yet, Jesus has called you into His vineyard, and no matter what, you're given the pay that He's decided is good, is right, that you deserve. He's given you the forgiveness of your sins. And Jesus is a good chooser. When you don't see Jesus as that good chooser, well then, you've missed it. You're seeing Him as an unfair lawgiver. An unfair lawgiver that picks people according to what they have done and where they come from. This morning, Jesus is saying, I didn't pick you by where you came from. I didn't pick you by what you've done. I've actually picked you by what you haven't done. And it doesn't even matter where you come from. Because Jesus is a good chooser, He has erased the books. He's burnt them. He's gotten rid of all the ledgers there's no keeping track. Any and all kinds of people are forgiven and welcomed into new life.
even you. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. Uh, Lord, look, in this we hear your word of admonishment. Uh, we hear this challenge that you're given, giving to your disciples. Lord, we don't want to hold ourselves up as more important than our neighbor or as more important than the person that's coming behind us into church. Lord, I would ask for each of us that you would give us those uh, ever-forgiving eyes that are yours. Lord, we know that you give that to us through your word, through your word about Christ and who he is for us. And we know we only get that word by hearing it. So, Father God, each of us, as we come to your word each and every Sunday together, as we hear your word throughout the week, Lord, help us to see who you are graciously for us in Jesus. So that we can go about forgiving as you have forgiven us. And Lord, we will thank you for that. Father God, we know that we have a hardness of heart. We ask that you would constantly be breaking that down in us. That you would be softening our heart towards one another and to our neighbor. Ready to share the good news with them. Ready always to let them know that not only is it not too late, the eleventh hour has come, and yet they're still being called in. Lord, we thank you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Until next time, know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with you all.